Welcome back to Therapists Watching Bravo. I'm your co-host, Amanda. And I'm your other host, Madeline. We are therapists, and we are friends, and we watch Bravo. And especially, we watch the hell out of Vanderpump. We are home. We are... It feels like home to me. It feels so good. <laughs> Vanderpump is back. I cannot explain the comfort I feel. There's something about it. It's just like, it's my favorite it's show. It's something about her. It's something about Something Vanderpump. about her. Yes. We just love it. We love it. We're so excited. I'm so excited. Um, and honestly, it wasn't even, I guess, that juicy of an episode, but there's still so much. I also think, yeah, I agree with that. And also, like, we're coming off, like, the juiciest, most insane thing to happen in Bravo. Yes. So, like, anything less than that would be less juicy. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? That's, that's true. Like, we peaked... With Sandoval, but like we're watching the fallout of Sandoval yeah. or Scandoval. And so like, that's interesting in it's and also, of itself. It was, this is starting to film two to three months after. Yeah. So, so let's still put ourselves like, back in that mindset. It's, of, interesting it's still to pretty go back. fresh. Yeah. Not the initial <laughs> crisis, but I would say like the initial healing moving forward process. Absolutely. But before we get into the Vanderpump episode, First, we're going to talk about Rachel's podcast, because yes. I've listened to all five episodes. Amanda has really done the homework for all of our listeners, and for me, honestly, because I haven't listened, and she gave me a little bit of scoop before this. It's Y'all, interesting. Interesting stuff. So we're going to hit that first. Yes. And then Vanderpump episode. Yes. Then Nick Vial, mm-hmm. his podcast. I always feel with so With the Toms. Ins- I always feel so insecure saying his last name. I feel comforted by you saying that. Yeah. is it? Could you read it in my eyes? No, yes, I could. And I I felt like safe because I was like, same. No, because is it Vile or Vile? Nobody knows. It's Vile Files. But like, I think there's an A. So is it Vile? (laughs) I feel like unhinged. Hit hit us up in the DMs. Yeah, let us know. If if you're like really good with the pronunciation of his name, hit me up Mm because I'm... Deeply confused. But we're going to skip the check-ins because, honestly, we're good. And we life is good. To talk about. We have shit to talk about today. So don't worry about us. We're Our check-in great. is this. Yeah, this no, is seriously. What we have been this is our vibe with. check. Okay, so quickly, I'll kind of jump into Rachel's podcast. I've listened to all of it. It's short. It's it has a lot of ads. Five episodes. She talks slow. But she um, articulates herself well. Like, you can easily follow her. Right. So uh, it's interesting um, so starting from the beginning of the podcast, if you guys have listened, if you haven't, no problem. These were the things that stood out because she was talking a little bit about like what was going on at that time point, a little bit about what's happening with her now, questions from the listeners. Like we're having flashbacks, we're having present day, we're it's having all thorough over the questions place. that we love. Okay. Good Which for is her. fine. Yeah. Good for her. Um, I do think she should have gone, Heather McDonald said this on Juicy Scoop podcast, but of like, she should have gone through like moment by moment. Yeah, I, I appreciate a chronological timeline. We lied this, and then I felt that, and then we hid here, and this is how we got away with it all. Like, that would be so much juicier. Yeah, and it would just make more sense. But I also don't think that's like the angle she's going for. I think she's trying to show how she's like healed or learned from it. Yeah. Um, I'll get into that later, though. So a couple of things that stood out to me that just made me sad. I do think listening to her just, I mean, sometimes you're just like, oh, like, I'm, you still don't get it. Right. To the level it needs to be gotten to. Yes. And then you, I just also just still feel sad for her. Not, again, condoning what she did. Right. But she was talking about, like, Schwartz knew about the affair from the beginning, which, not a shocker there. I'm going to get into Schwartz today. I have so many thoughts about him today. We have a lot of thoughts about Schwartz. Um, But she was saying that Sandoval encouraged them to get together. Like Schwartz and Raquel. Yeah. Yeah. And they all knew, like, everything was on the open between the three of them. Right. So that's so odd. That just feels, like, icky. And she even described in Mexico at Sheena's wedding, like, when her and Schwartz made out, that Sandoval army crawled over to them while they were together and, like, gave them two drinks to set the scene. Absolutely not. And I was just like, how did that make her feel? Like, I would feel... Like a pawn? Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. So used. Yes, exactly. So icky that, like, he would... The guy I'm having sex with and, like, having a relationship with 
even if it's like on the side, is encouraging me to make out with his best friend. Like, yes. how does that make you feel? Yeah, that's just like that. I would feel so used. I just think be so sad for her. Yeah. And again, not, and I don't mean it in like a slut shamey way or anything. Like, no. make out, hook up with whoever you want to hook up with. If it's yeah. one people at times, that's totally fine. Live but your like, life. The fact that Sandoval was like orchestrating it or yeah, contributing no. to it, it was so strange. Yeah, that feels beyond icky. So that was that. Um, and just like a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, she also had this episode talking with a therapist, not her therapist, but a therapist right. about, cause everyone is like, you laugh or don't understand mm-hmm. the depth of what you're talking about. You laugh and smile at uncomfortable things. Right. They're like, what's that about? Yeah. And so Rachel is, is kind of talking about how she's learning about that, about herself. And like, that is such a thing. I think like a lot of people can relate to that of laughing or giggling or smiling at inappropriate times or yeah. your facial expression or what you were seeing on the outside is not matching what you're feeling on the inside. Like that's a very common coping mechanism. Totally. But, um, but it's interesting because it's very incongruent with her. It also, I feel like that's kind of something we kept saying, like she seems detached. She seems lost. Like it was something I felt like we were like picking up on. I I feel so validated by that. The therapist saying (laughs) that, like go off. We're all on the same page here. (laughs) We're all on the same page. Um, so what is tricky about that and what made me sad is I was, if you guys remember from the reunion from last season at the, like the very last five minutes of it, when she owns up to like a lot more about the affair, right. what happened, she, there's this one part where she says, I'm going to be totally alone if I betray Sandoval. Right. I will have all this no stuff. one. And, and she's like, kind of does this like little smile when she said it. Yeah. And it just broke my heart. Because what she's saying is extremely painful. And so I could just really see that happening, like the incongruence of what one would really feel and yeah. like what was happening on her face. Which I'm sure people listening can relate. Like at different points in our lives, like we've probably done a version of that. Like you kind of like detach and not, I mean, people overuse the word disassociate, I think. Yeah. Um, but like you kind of just. T- detached from yourself to survive because the thing is so emotionally painful and chaotic that it's just like it's a way to protect yourself precisely so i feel like that's what she's done totally like and that's she has this like mask on to protect herself which is fascinating and i think she's kind of learning to take it off and like understand what's underneath that fully i think she's starting that process it seems like she probably has a really long journey there. Yeah. But I also think where you see, this is like a classic example of how it can be really off-putting to people. I mean, that's why people are calling her like diabolical. Yeah. And like a maniacal smile when it's like not that at all. No. I don't think that she had bad intentions. I think it was just, I mean, what she did was objectively like not cool um and wrong but like at the same time like I don't think she was like out to hurt anybody it's like she's so guarded and so protected right and so that is so ingrained in her it seems like that she it seems like for a while she was like so on autopilot yeah that she didn't even really know she was doing that and I think that all of us can kind of relate to that in some sense of like we don't realize a coping skill that we're doing that is like not helpful or even realizing that we're doing it sometimes. Exactly. It's, it's just so a reaction. Like, or like that's what your parents did or that's what you saw or that's exactly. what you've always been. And you've just never thought to explore something else. I was talking about that with somebody recently, like how important it is as you get older to learn to have a response instead of a reaction. Yeah. Because it's like the response, you know, kind of shows that there's a choice mm-hmm. there and there's like consciousness there. Tell Instead of just, like, reacting to everything around you. Yeah. Clarify a little more to the people, like, the difference between a reaction and a response. So a response would be, like, okay, if... Well, actually, let me start with a reaction. If something happens and it feels triggering to you and you just, like, have a, like, knee-jerk reaction. You just like, move. You just You move. just do something. Yeah, you just react. And maybe it's not, like, it could be a blow-up. It could be you're shutting down. It could be, like, you say a certain thing. Like, whatever it may be. Like, or someone makes a terrible sexist joke and you just giggle. Yes, exactly. Like, that feel... Because I bet you if she slowed down and had time to think, like, and have a response, which is, like, more reflective of how she actually feels, she probably wouldn't giggle, have Mm -hmm. giggled. You can tell that she's in this, like, state where she doesn't feel fully safe to be herself, Mm -hmm. whether that's, like, just with the Vanderpump people or just, like, every day. Yeah. Um, Which, 
I think we all can relate to that a little bit, but it's just like, it's su- it sucks to see that she's like mostly in that state, at least when yeah. we get glimpses of her. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hate and that. I, and to, I think, speak more about the podcast, like a little, her podcast a little more broadly, is it does seem like she's still there of not grasping the gravity of the situation and not that she has to like be beat up for it right. or like continue to own up for it. But like, I think that there is like a lack of connection of seeing how her actions would have deeply impacted other people right? or empathy towards that. Yeah. I can see she's trying, but it's just like not quite. Yeah, she's healing, but it's mark. not healed. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not fully there. Uh, but I will say, like, I appreciate, like, this is how it happens. It's slowly. Yeah. It's messy. It's you get it right, you don't. Like, it's, exactly. It's not like a one-time thing. Like, it's like you keep healing and you keep coming back to it. Yeah, it is a journey. Like, it is. not a destination. Like, I talk about that in therapy all the time. It's like, you know, when you go to the gym, you don't go expect to be, like, ripped the first time you go. Like, it is, you, growth is, like, a continuation of, like, trying. Yes. So, I, I hope the best for her. And, like, I think she just has, like, more healing to do, which, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> so, I think, like, also, okay, this there's, like, two more things I wanted to say about her podcast. And this one connects to what we're just saying. Yeah. So, she shared, and this made my heart so sad, of... the way things between her and Tom ended what it seemed like is Tom said she was not a reliable person because she didn't stick to the lie that he crafted and he couldn't be with her because of that because he couldn't rely on her I cannot with that that is so fucked up it's so fucked up and it goes another layer of she like was telling that to her therapist like in the treatment center or something like that and the therapist had to be like pump the brakes right he betrayed you first yeah and she could not understand she's talking about this she said like i had a hard time wrapping my head around that yeah the hard time that like what i did was okay that he, she, he, Tom asked Rachel to betray herself over and over and yeah. over. And, and when you have somebody in your life like that and then you set a boundary or you stand up for yourself, they're usually pretty freaking surprised and then like they can't handle it. Yeah. Which is sad. Like that's not a real relationship. And I think it really puts you in like the mindset that she was in and you could see how she really didn't think think what she was doing to Ariana like you could see that there's some truth to that that she believed in this fantasy yeah that was happening and like that's just freaking upsetting and sad and makes me not like Tom even more I know and like I'm whenever you said this just now it reminded me of like when Austin and Taylor like whenever they were like in on their lie together that felt even different than this situation for whatever reason to me like, I don't know why that is, because they, they had to, for those of you who don't know Southern Charm culture, um, they had a pact to, like, stay in on the lie and not tell Madison, no, not Madison, Jesus, Olivia and Shep, that they had, like, kissed or whatever. They were all friends and exes. Right. And they hooked up with their friends' exes, what happened. Right. But when we talked about it, like, I don't know, however long ago, I remember being like, uh, I could see an argument for, like, them not telling them, because it, like, wasn't productive. This is a totally different scale. And... Like, also, Tom tried to keep pointing the narrative to, like, make himself look good and make it understandable why this happened and blame everybody else. Like, it was so... And it's also infuriating because the lie was so bad that he made up. No one believed him. No one believed. You just had sex one time and then you stopped. But Rachel spent the night at your house and Ariana was out of town for her grandma's funeral. But you guys didn't have sex, but you were actively having an affair. Like, no. No. Which is... Side note is the same way I feel about Austin and Taylor, but that's another day. That's another that's day. That's another damn day. Focus on Vanderpump today. So it's all connected, Amanda. It's all connected, the Bravo world. But I was just like, whoa, that she really thought she betrayed Tom. Yeah, you that's that, heartbreaking. It lets you into what her world was like, what her thinking was like, what she right. thought was right and wrong. Yeah. So that was that was that that does make me empathize with her okay one more point before we move on to the episode the meat and potatoes of it all the meat and potatoes (laughs) potato potato (laughs) 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 um she was 
I think this is an interesting comment on people pleasing because yes. she said she people pleased a lot, which I think was like very evident, like with James, with Tom, with Ariana, like that that was like a way of coping for her. And yeah. I think at the meat of it, people people please because they do not want to disappoint or cause right. disruption or disconnection in the relationship. So they kind of betray themselves or betray what they want or not honor it mm-hmm. in order to just like make the relationship peaceful. Right. So, like, it protects the comfort of the other person, yes. but it betrays yourself. Yes, which is a tricky recipe. It sure is, um, especially when it's chronic, right? Like, not just once or twice. Yeah. Um, so she talks about that she has like these resentments towards a lot of people. Yeah. Attached to her people pleasing because she would like do things that she didn't really want to do or right. whatever, be with them in a way she didn't really want to be with them. And it just like made me think about like how that's so tricky in relationships because it is, I can imagine, I understand everything we just talked about, like people pleasing as a way of coping. And then for the other person, it also sucks. Yes. Because you think everything is fine and yeah. then you learn secretly this person is resentful towards you. Right. And has been mad and doesn't like how things have been going. And then you get so caught off guard and yeah. blindsided because how in the world would you know? You thought everything was fine and dandy. Absolutely. And I also just thought for Raquel, like or Rachel, that's just such a tricky combo of her not understanding the depth of her actions and yeah. then also having resentment towards people pleasing. Of that just feels like a really tricky recipe yeah it is in like as a recovering people pleaser myself like it's like oh that's so true i i saw somebody recently say which i don't know if it's to this level really but i saw somebody on the interwebs saying that like how'd they put it it was like people pleasing is a form of manipulation i don't think that people pleasing has any sort of like negative intent um, devious. Yeah, it's not devious, um, but it it, it kind of it, is that. It like, does manipulate how the other person sees see, the relationship. Exactly. Even like, if you're doing it with good intent. Right, you're not connecting authentically, and then, like, that's a betrayal to yourself, but it's also a betrayal to the other person because, like, then they are thinking you mean, like, something, but when in reality you, like, think something else. Yeah. And that's deceiving. It's, like, deceptive. But it's it's not intentional, but that's the byproduct and the negative side of people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Which, and I hate hard. to hear that because I, that's, I'm in recovery for that. I know. It's hard because it's one of those, like, coping skills that seems good Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that seems positive yeah it doesn't or that you're just easygoing or go with the flow or whatever it is right but it actually fucks up the relationship a little bit a hundred percent i mean not to just shit on schwartz my friend (laughs) bessie um like but he is that like he people pleases with tom like left and right non-stop and like and I, and it does build resentment. It, it does, builds anger. You when can you're tell. constantly doing things you don't want to do, it's understandable to feel angry. Like, yes, 100%. Just be angry. Because, like, thinking about with him, specifically with Katie, like, he would be like, oh, ba-ba, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And then they'd be so sweet. And then he would, like, throw a drink on her. Yeah. Like, it's like that. You get the lid's on too tight. It like, makes it, it so confusing of, like, what is that person really feeling? Exactly. What do they really want? Like, I can't I can't put my finger on it. And you can only pint that shit up for so long. People, it'd be coming out sideways. Like, we all have anger. We all have the rage. The rage. <laughs> you gotta deal with the rage. Be connected to your rage. That's right. Learn that from I'm, today. It's been a lesson for me. I'll let y'all know how it goes. Well, me too. Me <laughs> too. Okay, should we dig into VPR? Let's go. Let's fucking go. LFG. Um, okay. I don't even know where to start. First of all, I enjoyed the episode. I Yay. loved it. Me too. I thought it was fun. It was so fun to... And also to, again, go back to what we were saying, this is two to three months after Scandal happened. So this is like June. Yeah. I was so like... It's so interesting seeing how Tom and Ariana were living in the same house. I know. Like that also, was fascinating. Also so messy. I was so, like, how do you sleep in that bedroom? Same. Like, I know that your stuff is like thrown in a room, but like, can we not have some sort of system here? Can like, we figure it out? It's a lot. It hasn't been a couple weeks. Like, no, you, you've had some time. Some time. They have assistants and friends. No, like that there, there are them. things that could have been organized. It's just like gave me anxiety. And I'm an ADD, like non-perfectionist person. And I was even like, this is giving me agita. Like I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, but whatever i did think it was funny whenever what did tom text about like the 
That's the freedom of speech. Ariana was saying, like, the neighbors are getting annoyed with the LED lights, and he said that falls under freedom of speech. Uh, just, like, what a simple way to speak to his entitlement. Like, mm, mm, mm. So much there, but we will move on. Um, I loved Katie and Ariana walking into Tom Tom. I thought there were a few moments from this episode that I thought were just straight up cinematic. Um, and that was one of them. The side by side of them walking into Tom Tom for the first time and then like current day, I was like, I have feelings. That gave me goosebumps in a bad way and just made me sad. <laughs> yes, same. Because it was like back to their old life of like so much of what could have been. Yes. And then now they're walking in with the future that is no longer there. Yeah. And it's just a lot to lose and, yeah. for both of them. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. And I know the bar like wasn't theirs, but like it was theirs. Yeah. And like, it was like this foursome, also like coupley thing that like this is what our lives are going to be like. Yeah, they sacrificed the Hangouts it. are going to be. It right. Just, I just thought it was really sad about like the grief about the life we will no longer have. Exactly. Like it was like everything that it was going to be and then you were walking into like, it's almost like an empty shell. It's like, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. Not that their lives are, like, necessarily just, like, bad now, but, like, it's great. And they should have all broken up. Like, yeah, that, yeah. I, that feels healthier for everyone. Like, totally. Like, relationships ending feels appropriate. But I agree. It just, it's sad. It's still sad. Yeah. And I thought I was, like, really um, kind of surprised but not surprised that Ariana got emotional. And I thought that it was interesting that she was surprised by that. Um, I thought that was interesting, too, because yeah. I was like, I don't know why you... Maybe you don't know what to expect from that night, but I would expect that to be heavy. A hundred percent. But you know what? I think she's had this, like, talking about masks, like, I think she's really put on this brave face to this whole thing of, like, I'm unbothered, like, you are scum, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's, like, kind of given her this, like, bigger stance, like, to where she's untouchable. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, like... Humans are, like, pretty actually... Research shows that humans are actually pretty bad at predicting how you're going to feel in a moment. So interesting. Which is so fascinating. Um, And, you know, I think it just, like, in the moment, it just struck her. Like, sometimes that happens to all of us. Like, some some things just, like, kind of strike a chord with us. And it's like, oh, wait, I'm, like, sad or, like... I'm like nostalgic or whatever. And I feel like there's like little things take you back that you kind of forget about, like the music, the feel of the place, the smell, yeah. the vibe, the energy, yeah. things like that just bring you back to what it was like. Yeah. And again, I'm not surprised because it was like, this is only two or three months after and it's just everything that was going to be her life moving forward and right. now it's not. It's yeah. so, it's such a drastic, it's not just the scene of the crime of right. like when she found out. Yeah. It's, it's such a symbol of what her life was. It's, yeah, it's it's very layered. Like that whole like yeah. time at Tom, Tom, Tom. And I was glad that Sandoval like wasn't there. Like I Me think too. that would just would have been a whole layer. I kind of liked that it was like scaled back in that way. Yeah. That it wasn't like that and scene. Me too. And like all that stuff. So, Totally. I was thinking the same thing. Also, knowing where he was, because I watched that show, so funny. So funny. Like, he was literally just running in New Zealand, I think is where it was. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yes. And he, yes. And he was just running and throwing up, and it was not a good time for him. <laughs> Jojo Siwa had to carry him. <laughs> had to carry back. him. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is good content, honestly. Uh, okay, so the other thing that made me sad about that scene was Schwartz trying to connect with Ariana and yes. she just really blew him off which you know I, I understand yeah. it's still pretty fresh there's a lot of deceit involved and they were friends totally. but I like really believed he was sad like when he went and asked like the bartender or his friend for a hug like I believe that I don't think that was a like a shtick no I agree like I think that I mean he just seems like a genuine guy. I don't think that he always makes the best decisions. Um, yeah. And like, I, but you know, I kind of get his loyalty to Sandoval in a way only because I think if they didn't have the business together, the businesses together, they, I don't think that he would still be his friend. I would like to think that. It's his whole livelihood. It's literally his whole livelihood is connected to Tom Sandoval, and which he sucks. he has to make it work. Yeah, he does. This is like what they've spent their career doing. I mean, could you imagine being 40 and then having to find another career? Yeah, absolutely with not. With no skills? I mean, not that yeah. he doesn't have any skills. I don't mean it that way. But like, <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine pivoting my life to a whole new livelihood. No. So, I just... I also... 
Okay, pivoting kind of again, but like staying on Schwartz. Yeah. I just like hearing about this and him talk. I can't remember if it was on the episode or on Nick Vile. Vile? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't on know. On his podcast, of sharing everything that was going on at the time of mm-hmm. Scandaval and his personal life. Yeah. It was whole family being having very serious health issues, him divorcing Katie and like just getting adjusted to that. Who would then out the affair of the century? No one. No one. That is such a burden to bear. Yeah. I like really understood why he didn't. And also like your mind is just other places like dealing with your own shit. Yeah. Like he had a lot on his plate. I wish he would have done something. I agree. But like at the same time I do get why he did. Like I don't know. That's one of those like it's a toss up. No I agree. I think both can exist at the same time. Yeah. I wish he would have like told Ariana but I so get why he didn't. Like why he didn't. Yeah. I was Same. also thinking, like, it's also, fuck you, Sandoval. This yeah. was your mess. Why am I going to have to be the one Yeah, why am I responsible? This? Right. Like, you're responsible for this Yeah, mess. why are we not you more mad at Sandoval it. about that? But, you know, I do get it because it's like Schwartz was almost like an accomplice. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, I don't know. And, like, speaking of the of Nick's podcast, <laughs> I'm just going to call him Nick because I can't say his last name. Um, but... On Nick's podcast, like, Schwartz kept coming in to save Sandoval. Like, he would, like, speak for him. And it was, like, it's it was hard to watch. I, like, I think he, I don't know. I think he's mad at him. I think he cares about him. I think their businesses are tied together. And, like, I just think he's, like, every, and every time I op- Sandoval opened his mouth on that podcast, I literally rolled my eyes. I feel, like, kind of bad saying I that. I can't imagine how panicked yeah. Schwartz would be. With having a loose cannon of a business partner as Sandoval. And he was late. And then he was... Oh, we'll God. Get we'll it. get into we'll that. We'll get into it. We'll God, get into the it. Po- if y'all... We'll stay focused on the episode. Yes, we'll, we'll stay on the episode. But I have so many thoughts about that. Okay. But. So, shifting. James' sobriety. Yes. Um, I thought it was... He seems good, first of all. He looks better when he, he's he not does. drinking. Like, yeah. he physically looks better. He, lo- he just, like, looks really nice. And yeah. Like just clear, like, if I that agree. makes sense. Yes, like you can, after you work with people in recovery for long enough, you can almost like see it on a person. Like you yeah. don't always know, like I can't, I'm not like a mind reader, but like you can tell when somebody like looks better than they were and like they're healthier and like feel better. And he seems calmer. He does. He's always like a high energy, kind of reactive person, which uh, is fine. Yeah, talked about But he seems reactions. calmer, like he's not flying off the handle. Right. That stuff. Yes. Um, or like coming for people in mean ways, unless it's due, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, like I remember the episode where he came for, oh God, Katie, was it Katie and Schwartz? Maybe. I don't know. But anyways, he, I just remember being like, he's, I don't like him. He's mean. And now I feel like I've come around on him and I wonder how much that has to do with his sobriety. Although I think it's interesting that he is like California sober and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that objectively, but it is interesting like in the recovery communities, that's like a really... Um, controversial thing. It's like old school thinking is like, you gotta be sober from everything and like, you cannot break and it can, whatever. And that's the only way. And that's the only way. And if you do it another way, you're wrong. Which like, if that works for you, hell yeah, do that. But like, there are some people who I think work well from a harm reduction model. So I I think if that's working, and we talk about this all the time, you gotta know yourself mm-hmm. and what's gonna work for you. And if James' life is not, like, falling apart and he's not... He did say... The frequency of use was interesting to me. It did it, seem like it was a lot. It does seem like he smokes weed all day, every day. Uh, yeah, which, that, you know, that's interesting and whatever. That's, like, another topic of conversation. Totally. But what I, like, really appreciated is that he has shared his sobriety journey mm-hmm. and some raw feelings about it and how he's doing it. And right. I appreciate that because it's not just, like, I think a lot of people think it's just you get sober and it's done. Yeah. And relapse is a part of recovery. Yep. And it's kind of, like, a whole freaking journey to figure it out. It and is. I you know, really believe, I'm not an expert in it, but can really believe that there's different things that work for different people. Yep. And speaking to your harm reduction thing, it doesn't seem like marijuana gets him in the same trouble that alcohol does. I agree. So. Yeah. That's worth something. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a win. So, you know, and it's not, healing is not linear. So it's not, it's not a one track thing. You get just going to keep going. So we'll see where he goes, but he seems better, which hooray. 
Great. We love that. Um, the other thing I had was, I thought it was interesting, Lala empathizing with Raquel, Rachel. Um, and Lisa was kind of surprised by that too. She was like, maybe if she does, that's so Lisa, like, maybe if she does it, then everybody else will do it. And it's like, um, we, we don't know that Lisa, but, yeah. um, but I did think it was interesting and I, it they, really was. and they have that connection between like, I don't know, like Lala was kind of the, other, the woman. other woman. Yeah. And, um, so I think she like found a soft spot within herself, which is funny after the reunion that they had when she was like, I wasn't your best friend, ho. Oh, cause she went after She her. went after that. She has way of doing that. <laughs> also how Lala is. I mean, she'll yeah, go that's just her vibe. hot and cold and that's how she is. And she's like never really liked Rachel. No, that's, yeah, no. But I appreciate her speaking to that soft spot and also being like I get how this happened to you yeah I've been in that spot myself it does feel that way right and I appreciate her talking about that because I do think a lot of people whether they're in whether they're like the other woman in a relationship or or just like in a bad relationship yeah like people I think there's this common conception to think that these people like Lala and Rachel are just stupid and that's not true no very smart women get into these relationships yeah. and no one like willingly signs up for all this shittiness. Right. Like that's just not how it happens. Yeah. It's something happens to you. Right. And that is why a part of the reason why this stuff happens. Yes. So I just appreciated her empathizing with that, understanding it, like speaking about it. I think there's like a lot of people who could relate to that. Uh, and it's just not that simple. Yeah, no, it's not. And I thought it was interesting when she was processing like, when did, I don't remember at what point she said, like, she's processing, like, her divorce after the whole, like, lawsuit's over. Okay, so I, I loved this part of the episode, too. It was in the beginning when Lala is, like, on the couch talking to her mom. Oh, that's right. And she's talking about the custody battle with Randall. And it just seems like it's winding down or not as intense or they're, like, figuring things out. Right. So she, these are my words, not hers, but, like, she's not so much in survival mode. Right. That she's not having to, like, just gut through and get through all of that stuff anymore. It right. seems like she's starting to feel, like, a little bit more space, a little bit more peace in her life. And she's noticing some of her, like, a therapy term, like, trauma responses coming right. up of how suspicious she is of people, of how she doesn't trust anyone, mm-hmm. of how... I think I've heard her say on her podcast or some, somewhere before of her being like, I only trust my gay friends yeah, and my girlfriends. Yeah, right. I don't trust any straight man. Yeah. And that's a problem. That, yeah, that's a pretty big jump. That I would mean, impact your life. Well, some men, I, I do get it. But, like, not yes. all men. To do absolutes is not fair. It's a very exhausting way to live. Yes. It's understandable why she's living that way. But to oh. hold that for the rest of your life is, like, really hard. Right. And I just really liked her talking about because I that journey of like once you kind of start to get some more space and like needing to go to therapy needing to heal and become soft again right and I also thought it was interesting because it seemed like some of her defense mechanisms like popped up with Ariana at that girls dinner yeah because she's like I can't tell if you like me or not and I think Ariana puts out those confusing vibes yeah too. she does so it's not just... she's not like warm and fuzzy all the time totally like she can be but that's not like her baseline I don't think exactly but Lala was like making an interesting or showing an interesting point, I thought, of her kind of recognizing of, like, I'm so guarded and yeah. so not trusting that it makes it hard to see who's a friend and who's a foe. Yeah. And when you're just, like, sitting behind your armored wall and then come out to shoot and then go back. Yeah, it's like you're not really connecting to people. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was like really vulnerable when she was talking to Ariana about that. I, I just didn't expect that conversation to go there. And mm-hmm. I, when she said that, I was like, oh, like what's going to happen? And then it actually was a really... So good. Yeah. Like it brought them together, which we love to see. That's what we I want know. to see. I like love the softness. Me too. I also love that Ariana was like understanding of her reaching out to Lala. I know. I was not... Or to Raquel. I... Yeah, sorry. Yes. Lala reaching out to Rachel. Yes. Oh, uh, so many names. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was surprised. I was like nervous. I was like, oh, she's going to be well, martyred. But it, she, it was fine. It seemed like Ariana had a interesting, cool empathy because she was talking about how 
Tom was not wanting her to connect with Katie mm-hmm. because she's he kept saying like, well, you better be careful, you better be careful, and that was like running in her head. Oh yeah. So I think a part of her can see how he does this number on people and how it happens yep. and just not that she has to have like a deep level of empathy for Rachel or anything, but just being like, I've been there, right, and I get. We've survived a similar, if not the same thing. So it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's all my notes on VPR. Is that all your notes? Any any last thoughts on the actual episode? No, I just am like so glad that it's back. Me too. I just feel home. I love the cinematography. That was beautiful. Oh my God. The dancing in Tom Tom and the flashback. Oh my gosh. It was. I was like, I felt like I was like. What does Nicole Kidman say? Like, we come to this place for magic. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that before the movies? Practical magic? No. Oh my God. Do you not know what I'm talking about? No. This is a huge cultural thing. It's before the movies. Nicole Kidman does this like, I don't know, minute or two video where she's like, it's a like a basically a poem to movies. I am dead that you don't know this. Oh, we're watching that immediately after the episode. I'm literally never. We come to this place for magic. <laughs> so I can't I'm wait. So oh my god. We're watching that after this. Everyone look that up. Oh, everybody be knowing. I guarantee everyone. you might be the first person I've ever met that doesn't know. I'm shook. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. so funny. I'm dead. Okay, let's get into the vile files. Let's Who do knows it. if I said that right? Okay. Uh start off. Tom was late. Tom was late. And they call him. I guess he's like 45 minutes late, and he's like Oh, what? Oh, God, that made me so mad. And he just is, like, giggling about it. And Nick is like, where are you? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, we planned this. Right. And he then he comes in, saunters in, and is like, I'm just, I was with a friend. Or he's, like, very elusive or, like, not apologetic. And he was like, is that a romantic friend? He's like, no comment. I'm like, I, I'm just triggered by him. So here's my shout, man. We have like a lot to say. Where do you want to start? Um, the no text, no show. I I just could not with that. Like he didn't text like a few days before, even though they had it scheduled to confirm. And then he no showed, and then he, he was like, "Care." Yeah, it, it just. Mm, 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 mm. I, I just feel like it's another point of he just is doing what he wants to do. And, and honestly, like I'm somebody who tends to run late, and it made me reconsider that. I'm like, I need to be more respectful of people's time. This is so embarrassing for him because I'm just a time optimist, and I'm like, I have so much time to do X, Y, and Z, and then it's, I'm like, Oh my god, I'm on. A time crunch and then I have to leave and I'm late that's what happens but like watching that I was like damn like that is rude as shit it was rude and I hated that and I don't want to be like him okay I want to like roll with this theme since we're here yes please so it was like so interesting because they're like you're so late Tom didn't Sandoval didn't really care right and also was saying like it's no something to the effect of like it's no big deal and then he was like nick you relate to my podcast and nick come <laughs> on you relate to my podcast like he he stuck to this he really did. and we want to talk about we want to talk about this because i think the term if i was just like reading this in a textbook or something like right. that i think the term gaslighting yeah. gets overused totally this would be some form of an example or something in that family because yes. what gaslighting really is is manipulating or distorting someone's reality right it is a few levels up from just lying or denying or having a different perspective or a different truth than someone. Right. And where this like entered a new level is he kept at the story that Nick was late to his podcast. First of all, Nick was doing him a favor. Right. His pod, Nick's podcast is so much bigger. Oh my God. And it was such good quality. I was like, wow, this is like we're so to level good. Up. Yeah, we're level. I can turn yes. up to be like Nick. It's inspiring to me. Um, and. Then he's like, you were late. And Nick was like, I really don't think I was. Like I said, I'll do it. I can do it sometime tonight. Right. It'll be like around this time, which like I believe him. Yes. And then he showed up around that time, like five, within like five to 10 minutes of that time. And so. And then Nick's fiance comes right. out with receipts. No, she and she straight says, up did. he texted me at 6.52 PM. How, how or, long was your podcast? It was this long. And it was like, okay, well he was on time. 
like, it, it, like you back track it's on time and then Ta- Sandoval just stuck to no I, you were like come on man we sat this there guy and this guy time. weren't even saying how late you were like come on that I was crazy not. and you know what Nick was so calm which was amazing which was amazing and I was like I think that shows like it's like showing without telling us. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I can see what's going on here. Like if he was like really defensive, I would be like, mm, maybe he was late. But like, he was like, dude, that's not true. And, and there was, was a little like, text message, a literal text message to his fiance wife. Yes. Uh, mother of his child <laughs> saying like, I just got done with the podcast. I'm going to Whole Foods and I'm coming home. Right. And, Sandoval still stuck with, no, you were late. I just... And st- ran with it the whole podcast. I just really cannot. And then kept going back to, like, it's not a big deal that I was late. Like, come on. Like, I... And then, I, I don't know if you caught this, but I feel like, again, to kind of add to his lying, his gaslighting, he was saying he was late because he was with a friend. Like, right. with a female friend or something. Right. And then later in the podcast, he, he changes was saying... It. He changed his story and saying he was grieving up all night, crying about, about his, his friend, friend that, that passed died, away. Yes. Which is sad. Condolences sent. Yes, 100%. It's terrible. But it really doesn't seem like he was and he also lied about it. Like yes. right there. And he, I don't even think he knows. He is just speaking whatever comes into his mind. 100%. It felt like he was weaponizing the grief too. Like that's not fair. And like yes. that minimizes and people he, who were actually going through that too. He was I was like, like, that's so uncool. It's so uncool. It's like I was up all night crying and so was, that's why I was sleeping in. And then it's like, no. And Until when two? You, and PM? when you called, he had like that giggly tone. Like it was not, you did not sound emotionally drained. Oh, good point. From the night before. I didn't even think about that part. That's so true. And so it is just like constant kind of Lies. Some are just lying, but like also distorting the reality or the narrative. And it's so much to keep up with. I mean, listening to him was exhausting, I thought, because it's deflection, lie, right? No accountability, no responsibility. No, the the deflections are endless. And he was so defensive. Like, Nick was so calm and direct asking him questions, which I'd never listened to the podcast, but now I kind of want to listen to. He's great. But like, he was so direct with his questions. He wasn't mean. But it was so fascinating watching and hearing Sandoval squirm under just like a direct they Truthful. held his feet to the fire. Because they yes. would be like, what did you learn? And he's like, man, I learned a lot. Do you know what he was saying? And he, he literally said, what did you learn from the affair? And what he learned from it was to not do it again. Like, that was the most sophisticated answer he could come up with almost a year after. Like, the, to speaking of rage, like, it is pulsing through me as we talk about that. Like, that is insane. And when he would, when he would ask him a question, he'd be like, what'd you learn? And he would go, what did I learn? Like, as if it what was... Like, yeah, and I was like... Like, how dare you? Yeah, first of all, like, like, dude, like, of course I learned so much. And then your answer is BS. Like, it's and just so frustrating. I then feel like that's, like, an example of, like, amping up the lie or making it into different manipulative territory of, yes. like, the tone, the defensiveness, the content of what he's saying, the making you question you of why you're asking me these questions when you're on my podcast and I am here to ask you questions Mm -mm -mm about it's like you knew you knew what you signed up for so and then he's acting like he's getting attacked I the other thing that I hated so much is Nick asked a question of like what did you learn from the relationship that you want to carry with you and what did you learn that you like you don't want to carry with you into your next relationship god this made me so mad and all he does is blame Ariana. Yes. He says that was the first person. I was, he's like, this is the first significant other partner, whatever word he used that I have respected. And I want to have that again. I was like, like, out of all the people you've dated, that's the first one you respected. That is a core thing in a relationship. And you've never had that before. You can tell by his tone that he thinks he's saying something profound. Profound as shit. Like he thinks he is like like, eating. And in the next breath, he said, Ariana was never treated me that way. She was just belittling me the whole relationship. So what I learned was that I need to pick someone who doesn't treat me that way. And it's just like a, like that is like such a move on someone to act like I was doing so great and that was so great, but then they were terrible to me the whole time. And then the whole other rest of the podcast, he's talking about why he couldn't break up with her, why he had to have the affair. Also, meanwhile, he has owned up to cheating other times, which seems like pretty apparent. Yes. Why when they were in couple therapy for four months, he why he couldn't tell her then, why he couldn't tell her this other time. How could I do that? Like... That to me 
is, but then she was so terrible to him, but he could never break up with her. So right. he was forced to have an affair and not tell her. Yeah. That is like what amps it up to me than more than just a lie. Yeah, I totally agree. I think a lot of people that had an affair, a good chunk of them would be like, I fucked up and I mean that. Yeah. And even whether you stay together or not, but to like own, like, yeah, I was like feeling this way. Right. And I didn't tell them and I didn't try to work it out. And I just like this other thing was more fun and it felt good. Right. And that's why I did that. But yeah. he blames it on Ariana, like why he cheated. Oh, and this is just not in the crisis aftermath. This is 10 months later. He's sticking yeah. to this. I know it's, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm sure that Ariana wasn't perfect in their relationship or anything. And she, she has a mean streak and like, I get that. I'm sure she did belittle him. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that happened. I'm sure. And like, and and Nick was calling him out on that, and his fiance, wife, girlfriend, baby mama. I don't know, like which they are, but they're really cute. I think together. they're about to have their baby. Yes. I don't know when they're getting married, but I think they're engaged. Also, he was on special forces, and I really started to like him. He seemed like I don't a, know much about him. I need to learn. No, yeah, I yeah, interesting guy. Um, but anyways, I don't even remember what I was saying with that. Oh, Nick was asking him something. Hmm. I'll find it. It'll come back to me. About like his lying and how Ariana and the belittling. Mm, Oh yeah. Well, Nick was just calling him out on that. He was like, so you're blaming it on her. (laughs) And like, you can't do that. And he would straight up say that. And I I appreciated that. Like Nick was like a very just like straight up direct voice. That was great. He kind of like walked. Sandoval to his own grave. No, he, <laughs> he just kept guiding him there, and and it wasn't and, malicious. It was just no, like and Sandoval so in his like ego <laughs> or like whatever it is that like, he doesn't even see that he thinks he's like being the good guy and like no one can understand him or something. No, a hundred percent. The other thing I I made a note of like Schwartz was talking about how he's been quote like such a sad sack of shit for the past few years, end quote. That made me wonder if he's been so lost in the sauce of everything that if he just, like, didn't feel the strength to set boundaries with Sandoval. Um, Which I would understand. You see how exhausting it is. Yeah. uh, yeah. Repeatedly, you could not... yeah, you can't get through to him. Like no, I felt exhausted no. by the end of the podcast. I can't yeah. imagine being in relationship with Sandoval because, yes. especially at Ariana's level and Schwartz's level, because it's like, how do you get through to somebody like that? Um, and it would make sense why they had so much distance in their relationship, like Ariana and Sandoval, because I don't know how you could be around that. It's he's no, always yeah. right. He's always wrong. So defensive. He's the victim while perpetrating and act in cheating and hurting you but he's he needs to be cared intended to yeah i just i can't it also you were saying it brought you at a good point new insight because schwartz kept correcting him Mm -hmm. and trying to be like oh when it's just me and him sandoval saying all the right stuff and then schwartz would say the for lack of a better way to put it like the right thing the connecting thing the Mm -hmm. thing that would make people like understand, understand soft. Right. But you're talking about like their businesses being intertwined. Yeah. I think there's like, I think Schwartz hasn't made, this is just me speculating, um, as I guess all of this is, but like, I feel like Schwartz might not have felt the strength to set the boundaries on top of their own business together. Um, on top of like people, people pleasing tendencies. Like, I think there's just like a whole concoction of there, and it's like, they have so many years together of history and whatever. I I could see how he has a vested interest in making Sandoval look good, even at his expense, because it's like his whole livelihood. They yeah. have businesses together. When like in just a friendship realm, I would love and just like for shorts in general. I'm just I just feel like I've always been rooting for him. I think at the core of who he is, I think he's a good dude, and I I just want to see him be more self assured. Yeah, you can tell when he talks about Katie, like there's love there. There really actually is, and that's like endearing, and like. To circle back on that, Katie was like, whenever they showed them in the episode, I was like, damn, she is so mean to him. (laughs) And like, I know that there's so much that we did not see before that. And I know that they have years of history and like, Tom Schwartz was not perfect. Um, But but like, damn. Yes, but I also (laughs) thought Katie was like trying to help him of like from a detached healthy way because she because Schwartz is like, can you get through to Ariana for me? And she was like, no, no, but she said it nice. She's like, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Or right. like, I'm not going to get involved in it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't think that was too mean. No, it wasn't. I know. But you can just see that there's like, their history and their dynamic yeah. is so interesting. Like Lala on Watch, Watch What Happens Live, like after the episode, she was like, 
yeah, I don't know about their dynamic. Like she, she, quote, this is what she said. She was like, she emotionally abuses him and then he likes it. And I, and, end quote. And I was like, interesting that she used those words. Those like, are strong words. Those are strong words, especially about like one of your besties. Yeah. Um, but, and I could talk about this podcast for all day. I don't even know. Okay, my last point before we wrap up our podcast. Yes. Was... I, it's just also so annoying to see, like, Schwartz really trying to help Sandoval, like, in that, like, you know, say the better thing or whatever. Right. Sandoval not clued into it one bit. Not does even not one Does not get it, does not care. I just feel like he's yeah. got a one-track mind to what he wants, and that's that. That's that. He, you know, I don't think he's really open to seeing other perspectives. It's or... so hard to watch. Yeah. Like, I felt crazy after listening to that. I know. Like, so it's just like... Well, it makes you have empathy for Rachel, too. A hundred, a hundred percent. And like, I don't know. It's just so interesting because I think after Scandaval happened and it was like, for months. And then like, I was kind of like, all right, let's lay off of of Sandoval. And I still feel like, um, I don't really have my pitchfork in my hand anymore, but I'm like... If I met an archetype like Sandoval in my real life, I don't know if I couldn't, I, I don't know if I could be in a relationship with that person. That would be really hard for me. Yeah. And it's just like frustrating to watch his like defensiveness and deflections and gaslighting and all that stuff. It's just like, it makes me feel insane Yeah. <laughs> watching it. So I can only imagine how it is in real life. It was so exhausting. I mean, I paused the podcast because I was just like... No, same. I didn't even listen to the listener questions, even though I was kind of interested no. in that. I was like, I don't have any more. And also, it was two hours and 30 minutes long. Who was that long? Because he was late. He was late. And Schwartz had to t- fill the time. He did. I I am predicting, I'm manifesting that we root for Schwartz in the future. I think we're going to, I need him to come on the up and up. I need him to leave Sandoval. Okay, I partly concur with this, but he's also had some really mean stuff to get. I know, I can't, we can't, lest we forget, you know? Like, that was, that was fucked up. They had a bad dynamic. They did. If someone threw a drink at me, ooh! He did be doing that. He did be doing that, like, over and over. So, didn't he do it, like... There was that one time when it was Tequila Katie. Yeah, she was out that's like in the street. Yeah, that's twenty thirteen. But that, was there another time? In my head, there's another time. Maybe he poured a beer on like Sheena or something. Oh yeah, maybe that's what I'm picturing. But anyways, right in if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so happy to be back. Yeah, I mean, clearly we have a lot of thoughts. We're so excited for next week. <laughs> yeah. And on and on. Um, follow us on Instagram at therapists watching Bravo. DM us, hit us up. We want to hear your thoughts, feelings, observations. We do. Anything else? That's that's it. Except for side note, I am finishing Summer House, so I'll be prepared. We'll be coming at you in a month. It's gonna be Liddy. Liddy. <laughs> okay, love you guys. Love you. Okay, bye. Bye.